folks, welcome back. Um, it's it's been about it's been a while. It's been about what six months since the last pod. Yeah, I think the last time we did it was, or at least the last time you did the podcast was about right before the November third elections. No, nah, I think it was when I when I did the no. It was, I don't know why I'm acting like I don't know. I do know it was it was in January. It was the five thousand listeners special. The point is, folks, is that it's been a time. But I, I, I said this was gonna happen. I said in my update that there there are things coming up that that we gotta do, and once we do them, we're gonna be back. And I think we fulfilled our promise. What have you been up to, Rohit, in the past six months? Uh, well, I have finished my. I was working. No, I wasn't working. I was only studying. He's downplaying everything right now. He's about to graduate, and he got into the master's program at Texas A&M for computer science. So, that's that's what he's that's what he's been up to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the highlights. The which is weird because like the last time I guess we were doing the podcast, like at that point in the background you were pulling your hair, right? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like you were like, oh my god, what's gonna happen? Am I gonna get in? And then you you got in. So here we are. Have you been working out? No, I was not. I have absolutely not. I take that back and I apologize. <laughs> no, it's all good. No, I've been, been working out, mainly because, you know, the gyms are closed. Mm-hmm. And it's a pain in the ass to work out. They're not closed anymore. At the time, they were. Oh, right. Like, the, the amount of the capacity was little, so you didn't know when to go and when not to go. Mm-hmm. Right? But now they're back open. The full capacity, and now I'm vaccinated, so I'm fine. Oh, good. As we all should be. Yes. The last time I went to the gym was like, let me check my watch. May 2019. Yeah, it's been, it's been some time. I was going, yeah, I was going consistently too. Freshman year gains, you know what I'm saying? But then I just stopped. There's no other other excuse. Like it gets to a point where, like, two years later, what what's your excuse other than I just don't want to go? Basically, you, know you just don't want to go. But I like to run. But then again, look at me. I don't. I don't need. I don't need to lose weight. You need to run anymore. I don't need. I think to you run need anymore. to start lifting weights. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. You're right. But thank you. No, I'm just saying. No, I'm not saying it because in, in a negative. Way. No, I know. I know. I know. Yeah. I've already been doing a lot of running anyway, so used to that that is true i am a i am a runner i'm a sprinter yeah did you did you see that floyd mayweather logan paul fight yeah i watched uh, parts of it i watched the entire thing i mean first and foremost uh it's it's an exhibition fight um plus the only person that i'd be really could really be interested in if at all, is Floyd Mayweather. Exactly, exactly. But he's in a weight class that I was never really interested in. Whenever When I got into boxing, I was always into heavyweights because, you know, I'm at their weight level. And it's fun to see the big guys punching and moving uh, quick. So I saw, yeah, to answer your question, I only watched parts of the fight. But uh, from what I've read online and the clips that I've seen, it seemed like uh, just a bunch of, it's a, uh, hugging fest. It was a hug fest, yeah. I, I, I tuned into the last three rounds, I think, which I've never cared for YouTubers fighting YouTubers. I just thought the whole thing was ridiculous, but 
this was a like I think this was a special scenario where it was Floyd Mayweather right versus Logan Paul, which in itself that premise is really really strange, um, and you have people like Stephen A. Smith, the man, the myth, the legend himself, saying that this was terrible for boxing. You being a a boxing connoisseur, a boxing expert, Rohit, do you think this was terrible for boxing? I first and foremost appreciate that honor, and uh, there's two sides to it. Um, I find myself going back and forth. One side is that it brings more eyes to the sport. What? But that's te- that's not really true. Exactly. I I had a, I had an issue with that statement also. Yeah. It doesn't. It's not that it's bringing eyes to the sport. I don't. Let me let me try to use an example. I might not make sense. For example, if you if you if you you know if you if you've never watched basketball before and you're watching a match between I don't know, Golden State Warriors and Lakers with LeBron James, and you really like the sport. Well, why do you like it? Because you like watching LeBron James. I don't know who the current lineup is in Golden State. I'm assuming Stephen uh, Stephen Curry's still on that team. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You like watching them play, right? But you're not really, you you, you enjoy the event. You're not exactly enjoying the sport itself. Right, but see, but the thing about that is it's still two professionals or professional teams going head-to-head. Um, and this is where in the boxing, the issue is, is that you're not watching a true boxing sport. First and foremost, it wasn't even a full-fledged fight. It was an exhibition fight that immediately took the mojo away from the fight. Most people, the casual boxing fan, wants to watch carnage, basically. They don't want to watch the skills. In that, so in that way, I don't think it's bringing more eyes to the sport. People are watching because they're watching that particular event. They're not like, oh, it's not, they're not like going down this rabbit hole where they're trying to learn about the history of boxing, history of some of the greatest you know, fighters in that sport. They're just watching that yeah. particular event and they're enjoying it. That's it. Yeah, and I think it's important to understand what this was, which was pure entertainment. Um, nothing more, nothing less. Uh, I think it's dangerous if people were to categorize this in the same realm as like actual fights, which no one really is, right? So I think... It's bad for boxing when people actually start taking it seriously. I don't know anyone who actually took this seriously. Even Logan Paul himself did not take this seriously. And he knew what it was, and he was just happy to be there. Not only happy to be there, but happy to, like, be there and make it out standing, right? Which, like, he he didn't do poorly, but he was also fighting someone straight out of retirement. Um... I mean, the list can go on. He knew what he was getting into, and that even showed at the end of the game that he was clearly just thrilled to be there as a fan. And so I don't think it's... I think it's bad for boxing whenever, again, people start taking it seriously, but also the statement that this is somehow reviving the sport, that's also wrong. Well, first, going to Logan Paul... uh... I think the way he reacted towards the end, it wasn't like I just went, you know, toe to toe with uh, one of the greatest welterweights. Because first and foremost, it wouldn't have made sense. You're going against a guy, even though he's Floyd Mayweather. He's going. You're going against a guy that's that weighs forty pounds lighter than you. 
And he's also not known for being a knockout artist, right? He's more of a defensive fighter, way more defensive than he is offensive. So it wouldn't have made sense to brag about it. Two, he showed that he was a fan, right? He got the opportunity to fight one of the greatest, uh, you know, defensive fighters, probably top three there, top five for sure, fighters. And he went, you know, the distance, the entire eight rounds. Now, granted, a lot of it was clinching and hugging, but he still got the opportunity to fight one of the greatest fighters in the past three decades. So in in that way, I think he acted mature in that particular instance. But that's point one. Point two, uh, coming back to the sport again, it takes off the spotlight from what the boxers go through Mm. to prepare for a fight to just Mm. wanting to watch these like exhibition fights right that that is that is that is true right like what what fights are we prioritizing really when it comes to the sport yeah that's true in some ways this particular event is anomalous right the whole youtubers entertainment fight started with uh, i think logan versus ksi and then you had a couple events here and there and then it escalated to when jake fought ben Askren. but ben Askren is an mma guy again mm-hmm. he's also not mm-hmm. he's also known for being a very terrible striker but this was completely different because now you're involving you know a really high profile fighter uh against you know a youtuber so it was an anomalous event and i can see why people might think that oh this might bring a lot of attention to boxing but at the end of the day boxing is a lot more than just throwing punches and exactly you know seeing that athleticism right like there's uh I'm only a fan in recent times, but there's coaches that will talk about it. Teddy Atlas, one of the greatest boxing coaches, he, he was on Joe Rogan a while back, and he's talked about the essence of boxing. And to summarize it, at its peak, it gave an opportunity. It was an equalizer no matter where you came from. And if you had the heart to fight for like 12 or 15 rounds, it would have made you one of the most famous people. I don't want to go for too long, but another mm-hmm. similar story. Jack Dempsey, uh, heavyweight champion in the 1920s. He would ride. He would ride on the undercar of the trains to go from city to city, and he yeah. would basically go to pubs and get beat up as an exhibition so that he can earn money. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't mean to bring my 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 move my movie knowledge into into this, but that's essentially like that. The Cinderella man. No, I was about to bring it back to Rocky, <laughs> but but that that's what that's what Rocky's about. Like that's what the first one is about. Exactly. Yeah. It's like the that's that's what the sport's really about. It's like you're seeing these people, they're toiling day and night, day and night, for like eight and ten weeks, and all it takes for them to lose is just one punch. One punch ends their fucking ends their fucking career, right? And when they go up to championship, it takes tons of fights to go up to the top of the ladder. They lose that fight, they're all the way back down. It's not like in basketball, when you lose one match, you play that same team again that next week. You got to go all the way back to the line. You got to pick yourself back up, hundreds of punches. And yeah, it, it, again, it's this fight captures an aspect of the sport, which is entertainment, reputation, that sort of promotional stuff, right? But it doesn't actually uh capture the other aspects like you take basketball you take someone like lebron james michael jordan uh kobe bryant you don't like them just because they're very flashy they have very flashy skills 
you also like them because they're very skilled. You know yeah. the kind of work they put in to get to the level that they were. Yeah, I, I can understand the fear and people jump jumping to conclusions that like it is terrible for for boxing. Um, like I, I get it. Like I don't I don't hundred percent agree at the moment because if we're talking about this specific event that happened a couple of days ago, people knew what it was. But it's I think the idea that events like that are going to take over the what you are defining as again the actual sport that and another point i'm not going to place the blame completely on these sensationalizers i'm also going to partly place the blame on the uh boxing commissions in ufc you have one commission that's dana white and his team right they make all the fights and shit in boxing you have like for 50 different you know like 10 different like commissions WBC, WBO, WB, uh, mm-hmm. WBA, IBF, like da 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 da, and each single of these associations have like fifteen different belts. It's like mm-hmm. Minecraft blocks. It's like they have iron, steel, uh, all this like stupid stuff. And what happens? Like these promoters, they're not making as many fights with each other. Uh, Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua, two current like top heavyweights, they were planning to make a fight for so long. And they constantly kept on basically blue-balling the audience. They're like, oh, fight's announced. Oh, we signed a two-fight deal. Oh, we signed a fight deal at this particular stadium. In the end, what ended up happening? Apparently, now, Fury's going to fight Deontay Wilder for their third fight. Mm -hmm. So basically, the the fans got blue-balled. And this is what's, like, this has been the trend. Not as many fights are being made. So obviously, interest is going to go away. And most people are in, interested in watching big guys fighting each other. Heavyweight division. Yeah. Not a lot happening there. So obviously people are going to move towards these sensationalized fights. If there's not action here, well, let me go find where wherever the action is. Obviously they're going to go to sensationalized fights. And I think Logan Paul and these Jake Paul guys, they understand that. Well, thank you, Rohit. Today's, today's breaking down of the pulp was quite light. Um, also, uh, quick update on the certs act it passed um was it was it underfunded i think so for for anybody who's wondering what the certs act is uh Robert and i did coverage on it like i think back in september one of our first yeah so it, it did pass um my 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 next guest is um he's, he's a man he's a dude he's a myth he's a legend uh his, his name is alex full name alex gonzalez don't know his middle name so we're just gonna go with the first and the last name does he have a middle name i don't know we say that again let's go with thunder dick yeah for context there um again this is the movie i was talking about earlier i made a movie where one of the characters names is thunder dick um and and, and alex played them so played him so here here he is how are you doing alex not bad. I've been busy this this week specifically, mm-hmm. but what what's been going on this week? This week, oh my! So, first of all, I had my girlfriend's dog, mm-hmm. Vila, best dog good ever. Good name. That's a good yeah, name. Yeah, it's from Harry Potter. Okay. Um, what character? It's a magical creature in Harry Potter. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Harry Potter fan is naming everything out of Harry <laughs> out of Harry Potter. Yeah, she she likes to do them that so that they're like not on the nose, right? Like Hermione. Yeah, that'd be weird. Yeah. yeah. So like, she also doesn't like people names for dogs, which is yeah. understandable. Like, okay. Uh, like Jake or yeah, you know Neil, Neil as a yeah. dog name. Like yeah. my friend was thinking about naming his dog Neil, 
but that's because the dog was super hairy. Oh, and, that yeah. makes sense. I was seven. <laughs> yep, I was seven. Yeah. Seven and hairy? I was, I've been probably like three and hairy. Yeah. Uh, dude, okay, so how did how did being hairy like affect your school life? <laughs> Am I being interviewed now? Is that what's happening? Is it in the you, interview? You, you actually, I mean, you actually asked a very pointed question. Yeah. Because, because I, like, I've yeah. had this amount of hair on my arm since yeah. like elementary school. Yeah. So people, it's not that much. It's not that, but for an elementary school kid. So this yeah. level was what it was like throughout. Yeah. So imagine, imagine how that went. Well, people commented on mine, so I know right. like it was a com- I was I was the hairy kid, yeah, in school. That's that was my title. So that's that's how it went. The hairy kid. I was the hairy. Yeah, and and I think that's also a lot of the reason why like I would try and break out of that shell or that name and try and do other things like, like try and be the funny kid or like stuff like that, right? right. Yeah, because there was that label. Because you were the hairy kid. Because I was the hairy kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Seven-year-olds are ruthless. Dude, honestly. Yeah. Even, like, kids of all ages, people of all ages are ruthless. Yeah, but people, I feel like people can get a little bit more polite. Like, kids are very blunt. Yeah. Very blunt. This is true. So it affected you also. Yeah, not as much as other things. Yeah, like, uh, for one thing, my nose is large. Mm -hmm. Uh... It, I, I've never noticed a lot and it's, of nose. It's it's large, okay, and it's got like a shape to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I see. Now I notice it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Once I point it out, people okay. are like, "Yeah, for sure." Okay. Uh, in art class, uh, these just mean kids. It was it was like high school too. They called me half sandwich nose, which isn't that because it looks like a sandwich mm-hmm. if you cut it in half. Diagonally. Your, your nose. Yes, Let me that's think what they like, like a triangle shaped sandwich. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, but that seems like you could have come up with something better than that. Yeah, sometimes you just need to do your research. You are drinking an empty glass. I gotta get the last juice last drops. Juice. Do you want one more? No, it's okay. I brought okay. some. I brought some Coke coffee. Actually, how do you? How do you like that? Dude, you want to try it? I've tried it before. I'm, I'm just trying to get your opinion on it. I like... Okay. So, I think the caramel flavor is a little too sweet. Mm-hmm. But I think the dark blend and the vanilla blend are actually pretty good. Especially, like... Oh, that even, filled perfectly. Even when they're... Yeah. Look at this. For the folks who are watching Perfect. this. You got the Perfect. foam going? Got, that, got yeah. that good foam going. Do you want some ice cream with that? Do you want some ice cream with that? No, okay. I shouldn't. Okay. I'm lactose intolerant. Yeah, you ate But I would usually. Ice, eat, I do it cream. anyways. Yeah. Like most people, it's too hard to stop the Do you want to plug the H-E-B cinnamon, apple cinnamon ice cream for the people listening, watching? Yeah, so there's this limited edition H-E-B Creamy Creations ice cream. It's called... Caramel apple. Mm-hmm. It's brown sugar ice cream with a caramel swirl and chunks of apple. That sounds good. It's it's I I in my head when I tasted it, mm-hmm. I said this is scrumptious. <laughs> that was that was the exact word that mm-hmm. came to your head. Okay, no other word, just scrumptious. I, I remember there being a D word, okay. but I don't remember what okay. it was. Okay, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. No, I, I questioned it at first. I'm like, that sounds kind of weird. Like, it could go wrong. That yeah. ice cream could go wrong, but it, it went could. very well. But it was delicious. It was, it was delicious. It was excellent. Yeah. Yeah, I tried that. So my apartment gives mm-hmm. that free. Like, they give um, the iced coffee, Coca-Cola iced coffee, and they give some other drink. What's that sparkling water called? Uh, LaCroix? LaCroix, or... yeah. Okay. LaCroix. Uh, and it's not a fan. Not a fan. Really? Do you like of it? either? Uh, I like the coffee more. I like this more. Yeah. Here, let me let me take a let me take a sip real quick. I'm I'm I literally only got it because my friend gives it to him. Hmm. My friend, his apartment does the same thing where he mm-hmm. gives, uh, he gets a bunch of these. Um, and he had I went over and he had like sixteen, just lined up cans yeah. of this, and I was like. Do you like those? And he was like, I've been drinking way too many of them. Please take them take from me right now. Them. I can't yeah. stop. I'm did, drinking them right 16? now. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> did you take all 16? I left him like two because okay. I was like, I'm not going to take all of them. He was yeah. like, no, I need you. I need you to take them all. <laughs> this is like very bad for yeah. me. But here we are. But Yeah. Drinking sugary, sugary, sugary and sugary drinks. So last time we were in this apartment... It was, was two months ago. Yeah, it was two months ago, almost two months ago. Um, good times. It was a good. It was a good time. You, I mean, you left and Dude. never returned. <laughs> you told me you'd Relax. come back. You were like, oh, "I'm coming back," and then he's gone. This is true. How and I came back, and I waited at the door for 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 probably like ten minutes. We were gone by that point. I know you didn't tell me you went anywhere. How was I supposed to know? We're con- this guy <laughs> expects me to come back and tells me like I didn't know where you went because Sean came back and said, "Okay, for context." So mm-hmm. two months ago, or about two months ago, we dropped a film, Superheroes Anonymous. Go check it out. Check it. Um, Alex is in it. I directed it. Alex plays a character named. Uh, I think we can say it by this boy. He plays a character named named Thunder Dick. Thunder Dick. Thunder Thunder Dick. That's one word um, or one name. But yeah, it's not first name last name. No, it's his first name. Oh yeah, it's and then the script. It was always Thunder Dick, capital T, capital D, but it was like one word. Interesting. Yeah. So we 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 had a okay. we had a premiere party, little little get together um, for all the people who, who were involved and all the friends of the people involved. Um, and it was it was a good time. It was. It was, it was a very good, good everyone time. enjoyed the movie. Every, too. Yeah, it got it was genuinely. You got an encore. Watched the blooper reel. That is true. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest with you, like it was one of the best college experiences I've had, because it's just a, a surreal moment. A year, oh, year and a half like, of work and just people I'm reacting sure. to it. Yeah, that was insane. And you saw me; I was nervous. Yeah, I was super nervous. It was, yes, it was evident. Yeah, I, I went. I came up to Alex, and I'm like, bro, I don't know if I can make it through this. <laughs> or no, I didn't say that, but I just said like, bro, oh my yeah. god, I'm getting he butterflies. I, was... I said I was getting butterflies, and he was like, dude, you'll be okay. <laughs> I was like, Ugh. But um, it went the exact way I thought it would go. But anyways, yeah, so we got Liddy afterwards. Um, we popped out Good some times. cake. Yeah. And cake. Then, and then Alex What was on me. the cake? It, it, the cake said Thunder Thing. It, yeah. Right. Because I went to the person who was going to, you know, do the icing. And I was like, hey, can you put Thunder Dick? And she was about my age. And she laughed. She liked it. But she was like, no, I can't do that. Dang. And then... You know, haha, problem solved right here. I asked for a thunder thing, and she said she could do that. What if you just iced it yourself? I have to get like a pouch and icing, and that's too much. That's money. true. Yeah, I that, guess that service is free. Oh, oh, okay, true. 
Exactly. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> middle of the party. Or not middle. Actually, no, let's say middle. Alex, Alex, Alex left us. And he never came back. And he this left his true. GameCube controllers, which are still oh, here. True. Your bag is right there. Sweet. Yeah. Yes, I do need that. Yeah. So, I um, mean, you said you didn't need it. I mean, I don't need it. But you can take it back. But I'll now. take it. But you'll yeah. take it back, yeah. But, yeah, that, that's, that's the context behind that, folks, yeah. just in case you wanted to know. Because I, I left with Sean. I left with Sean to go to the at rooftop. At one point, yeah, yeah to hang long. out at the rooftop. And, uh, and with my friend and his girlfriend, we, we went to the rooftop, mm-hmm. and then the rooftop was locked. So we were like, okay, we'll just chill in like an alleyway for a little bit or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then Sean was like, nah, I'm going to go back. And I was like, okay, well, I'll be back there after we talk for he a didn't, bit. He and didn't then, tell me that. He told me you left. He okay. Well, that, I, that, that's I, why I thought you were gone. I said, I said, okay. So, Sean, who do I call to to let me back up? And he was like, Oh yeah, no, we'll let you back up. I was like, Okay. He never said that. He came back and he's like, Yeah, he's gone. That liar. Mm-mm. You know, you know what happened? He was a star of the movie and it just got to his. It head. got to it his. It got head. to his head. It happened. But yeah, that was the last time we were all together. Yeah. And we were, we were straight chilling. I just realized I have a hole in my beard, but. That's well. Is that is that normal? I don't have. I can't. I cannot grow yeah. a beard in any form. I don't get hair like here, but I get hair like all the way up to like here. Yeah. Like. Uh huh. Even it out, please. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's on you, right? Like you're. Is it on me? Yeah, I think it's on Can you. Can we say that it's my fault? It's my genetic code's fault, but is, is it true. my fault? I mean, the hole is just, this is an accident. Like, I can fill it in. I just, every time I trim, like, this just gets a little, like, it doesn't get that, that much hair, but it fills in. But I don't delicately trim over it, so then I always, like, inevitably take the hair that's gently filling it in, if that makes sense. Really? Yeah. Oh. So now it's like, it's, it, this is straight up an accident, and it just looks wrong. It looks kind of funny. It looks like a reverse sideburn. Like you Does have it. everything. <laughs> Does it? But the mutton chop. True. That is true. By the way, shout out to my barber, Dave. He's a he's a good guy. Actually, I, I don't know. I don't know him that way. But he he does good cuts. Yeah. How's your how's your stand up biz going? Dude, it's it's not bad. I've got so recently. I really I have like a document. A Google Doc. Okay. So, like, it's... You're not, worried, never about, be you're lost. not worried about hackers no, attacking they, your script? It's because it's about the delivery, too. Gotcha. You. you gotta got know. You. Yeah. And it's, like, almost unintelligible to anyone but me. Because, like, I'll have, like, a joke. Yeah. But it's also, like, highlighted in many different ways. Mm-hmm. And annotated. I got comments on the side. And, like, yeah. I was showing it to my friend. And I was, like... He was, like, reading ahead of me. And I was, like, no, you can't. You can't read ahead because you don't know how to read it. Mm. He's like, do I not just read the paragraph? And I was like, no. You read the paragraph up until you get to a comment. Yeah. If you get to a comment, you read the comment because it's like an alternate punchline or sometimes it's, it adds even right, more to right. the joke. Yeah. Or sometimes it like, could go in a completely different way. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's like a choose your own next joke type thing. What? Like... <laughs> 
Well, because I like I haven't decided like yeah. where I want to go with it. So you're just making a so interactive got, like, experience for yourself. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. It's 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 tough to like comb through, really. Yeah. But how many pages did you say it is? I have eighty pages. Wow. Google Doc. Yeah. Typed. Obviously, you can't write right, on a Google on a Doc. Google Doc. Hand, handwritten. No. Is that joke in your Google Doc? Mm-mm. No. Okay. Not good enough. It would be at the bottom in the dumpster. You have a dumpster. I have a dumpster. You know I don't. I don't like getting rid of stuff. Yeah. So stuff that I like take out, I just like move. How big is that dumpster? It's probably about five pages. Okay, it's a five maybe page dumpster. It's a pretty yeah. thick dumpster. Yeah. Okay. Because because yeah. I'll be like writing and I'll be going off on like some sort of tangent and I'm like mm-hmm. I can't get back from here <laughs> and also this wasn't very funny yeah I, yeah so i'm like i hate to axe it and just like delete it from my memory banks forever yeah. mm-hmm. so i put it at the bottom and i'm like i'm never gonna look at it but i know like oh i created that yeah don't do it again it didn't work yeah <laughs> You know, what if you look at it and you're like, oh, haha, might might use this. Well, then yeah, I, then I mean, it's not like com- permanently mm. located in the dumpster. Yeah. But yeah, I have. It was like pretty hard to comb through because mm. it's so long. Yeah. And it's it's also dense. So my friend, like, I showed it to him, and he was like, "Wow, you this is eighty pages. I thought it would be like mostly." like blank but it's like filled why, why do you think it would be blank i don't know because enter 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 right. enter 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 okay. next joke yeah. yeah i guess but it's pretty dense but it's it's dense. oh yeah actually i'm surprised too in that case i thought it'd be like one space one after the other no yeah i mean there's there's like there is space right but it's yeah. like it's pretty densely packed, packed. okay i've got I come through it. I like literally. I sat down. It was a two-day event for me. I, I have multiple. One thing that I do is I have multiple areas sections, mm-hmm. where I, essentially categorize my jokes, as to like, this is definitely going in the final cut. Yeah. This is this has potential, to go into the final cut probably just needs like a little bit more i gotta find a space for it Mm -hmm. you know um this this one like i really need to put in some work but it definitely could get there get there right like you know that Mm -hmm. kind of categorization and i come through like those three categories because there's more categories that are even worse Mm -hmm. um so i come i like read all of it and i like added even more annotations to it and like what the kind of like potential out of 10 where I see it going from here um and also like kind of what needs to be done with it Mm, like does it need minor edits does it need like a complete rework does it just need to reword a couple places like what needs to happen and I went through and like now I kind of know what I need to, and I'm like super enthused as mm-hmm. to 
like what I have because yeah. I'm like this wait this is pretty good because yeah. a lot of it I haven't seen in a long mm-hmm. time like I haven't seen right like, right so once you come back to it like a couple months later and you're like oh it's still good it's a sign mm-hmm. of relief yeah, yeah. it's I know not only that yeah but like sometimes I'll surprise myself with the punchline I'll be yeah. reading yeah. it and I'll like laugh out loud at my own joke and I'm like <laughs> I'm a genius yeah I mean I mean <laughs> You never know. But, no, I know what you're talking about, because um, when I wrote that first story, right? Mm-hmm. So, context, once again, Alex and I write stories, and that's all the context you need, actually. Yeah. Short stories. Short stories, right. Yeah. There we go. Um, and I remember you edited it, and there were a lot of notes, and I added to it, and then came back to it. Mm-hmm. A couple months later, and I was like, "Who the fuck wrote this?" It'd be like that, you know. It'd be like and that. And it it wasn't that the whole thing was bad. It was just that there were because it was a science fantasy, and I realized this, especially with the first Star Wars, there is a need to over-explain the world with mm-hmm. a lot of mumbo jumbo, and <laughs> yeah, no, I know exactly. Yeah, I am reading Dune. Mm-hmm. I'm currently in the pro, which is I don't know if you know how long that is. It's a, it's a thick it's book, yeah. eight hundred yeah. page book. I know. It's it's like it's a chode. It's like longer than it is wide. Isn't no wait? It's a reverse chode. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. I feel like this is the width. This is the height of the book. If you stand it up like this, this is the height of the book. This it's it's is, a it's a thin book. I've seen delay. it. Yeah. yeah, no, my friend my friend bought it, so okay. I've seen the book. Yeah. So but thank you, thank you for the. It's a weird. It's yeah. it's a weird dimension, is yeah. what I was going. I mean, that was probably intentional. Uh, so, I was reading through it, and there's lit- there's an appendix, there's like a glossary in mm-hmm. the back, where it defines all of these different races and vehicles. Doesn't Lord of the Rings do the stuff? same thing? I don't know. I've never read like okay. a book like that where like I need to go to the back to understand what is happening. <laughs> I was like, who are these people? Do you like that though? I like at first I was like this mm, is not yeah. like this is interrupting the pacing of the novel me having yeah. to yeah. go back and forth. But like I haven't been doing that like recently. I guess mm-hmm. I kind of got like a feel for the what everything is yeah but like i'm at 800 pages i feel like you gotta have good pacing i'm only at mm. like 200 so it's yeah. like how long have you been reading it about three weeks okay okay so yeah. uh, like in like off and on like yeah. i didn't even read this last week so yeah I've, i haven't been reading in a while the last book that i read that i'm still on actually is the new book that Barack Obama released, oh. The Promised Land, and zip through it in the first three hundred in a couple of days, but it's a dense book. It and he's and yeah. he's a magnificent writer. Like he's I bet. he's known for being he's a writer a, first, and that's what got him famous. Really, better yeah. than a speaker. I, I know mean, him for being he's a great well-spoken. he's a great orator. But um, his first book, Dreams from My Father, um, that's the one where he kind of got on the map a little bit. Um, because it was so well written and 
I believe before he was even senator, like that book was being studied in classes. So wow. he is genuinely a magnificent writer, but that's super cool. His books can take some time to get through. I bet. He has, yeah. He has a very distinct way of writing. Now, would you say it's it's like ha- having read how like what portion of it have you read? About three hundred out of eight hundred book pages. Okay. Yeah. Having read about mm-hmm. near half. Yeah. What would you would you say it's worth it? Like the density. Yes, I would. Oh, my only criticism, but I also understand why he does it, is that he goes in depth on the particular issues. So, for example, economic crisis. Mm-hmm. He really like just goes into it, describes what exactly happened, and at that point, it feels like a textbook read. Um, so that can be a little overwhelming. Overwhelming. Yeah. I mean, it's especially when sometimes you know a lot of the ins and out of the problem. Mm-hmm. For you, it's just like, okay, when when can I get to the part that I actually care about, okay. which is like, how are you feeling about this, you know? True. So, I definitely think it's worth the the read um, so far. Okay. Yeah. That's good. He's, he split the book, or he split the presidency into two books. He has another book coming out that covers, oh, cool. like, the second term, I believe, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. But I need to hop back on it. It's still a really well-written book. Do it, dude. Yeah. I love, I love reading... In that it's like a break from staring at a screen. Mm, yeah. Like that's that's why I can't get into like ebooks because it's like I'm still staring at a screen. I'm staring at a screen all day. Like yeah. especially when I'm like coding or something or doing like writing. Like it's all on a screen. I just want to break. Yep. So yeah. it's it's such a, a good it's genuinely a good break. And I don't know, there's something mm-hmm. that I just love about reading words on paper it's just yeah and being able to satisfying. turn it yeah i i love turning the page <laughs> and like having this physical yeah. feedback that i am progressing you are progressing through something not just like just a number at the bottom of the screen clicking counting through a out. pdf yeah yeah i do not like that but one thing i realized though is for me at least i don't know maybe this is for other people but writing fiction can be a little bit more difficult than writing Nonfiction. Hmm. I don't know if you you feel the same way because, for example, with the the design journal that I'm part of, that's strictly research reports. I can come back to that two three months later and be like, okay, this is still good. Um, with fiction, it's a little bit more difficult to weave. Sure, like like you, because you got to use multiple muscles. You can't mm-hmm. just use your like creative. You can't just use your like I'm typing words muscle you got to use that in conjunction with your i'm creating something mm-hmm. out of thin air muscle yeah so yeah it's difficult like, it is difficult because even um I'm, I'm writing a uh a book about some past experiences um based on pers- real life personal experiences okay. even that i was afraid to come back to it like a couple months later because i had touched it and i came back to it and i yeah. was like oh this is this is something this is still really good mm-hmm. i think it's well written um but then i came back to again the story that i wrote and it's just a little bit different but at the same time i think what happens with fiction is that there's this necessity to over explain so if you just condense everything then most of the problems can be solved i think i think that could be true with for in some cases mm-hmm. with like especially science fiction where it's like this is a crazy world yeah and I feel the need to explain everything. Mm-hmm. 
But I think some people have the opposite problem where they don't explain enough. Mm -hmm. I'm like, elaborate on this. I want to know more about what is going on right here. Um, But like, it's it's really about the balance. The balance, right? Finding that balance can be difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is true. So, but yeah, so I I I came back to these jokes that I wrote like three four months ago six. I have a calendar mm-hmm. that I mark off every day that I've written on it. It's I had to buy a new calendar this month because it's it's a physical calendar. Yeah, it's a physical calendar. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. So you, you, you X on it. Yeah, okay. I cross them out. Cross them out. So it's like June. I didn't have the calendar yet. Mm-hmm. I think, or maybe was, I don't know. But it was like July. That second half of July was like every day, mm-hmm. August every day, September yeah. every day, and then it was like it gets sparser and sparser mm-hmm. as like school right. amps up, yeah. and then I'm like so tired from school in December, like I'm like scared to come back to to work in on it, and that's I feel like that's with a lot of people like it's oh, hard sure. to come back it's hard to come back to it because you have to first put yourself in that mindset and there's mm-hmm. also the fear of okay is what, what i wrote sh- trash yeah what is what i wrote as good as i thought it was or yeah. as good as i remember it to be um mm-hmm. and the main fear that i always have is me writing something thinking it's good people reading it and being like well, what is this and then coming back to it a couple months later and be like oh is this what i handed to people yeah but I think that also comes with trust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're, you're knowing who it's tough. It's it's your baby. Yeah, really. Like it's you created mm-hmm. something, yeah. and it's your soul, and you're showing it to people, yeah. hoping that they like it, mm-hmm. and then you're like, oh, I mean, yeah. and it's scary. It's that's, scary. that's how I felt about the creative the film process. Too. Is yeah. scary. Yeah, but you just like if you want to do something, you just you gotta go ahead do, and it. do it. Yeah. Now, you've been doing stand-up for how long? So, the the very first time I did stand-up, like, I feel like many comedians, this is what they do. They take, they're in elementary school, they go to show and tell or whatever <laughs> with some Gabriel Iglesias jokes or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, whoever's popular at the time, yeah. and you just read them off Mine was to Russell everyone. Peters. There yeah. you go. There you go. See? That's I feel like that's what everyone does. Yeah. And I remember the night before or like recently SpongeBob, the SpongeBob episode where he did stand up was on. <laughs> and somebody was like, "Boo! Get off this day." Like he was bombing up there. Yeah. And I remember my friend Daniel. He Spongebob fanatic, by mm-hmm. the way. I was up, like... Spongebob fanatics tend to be the funniest people, though. This is true. Yeah. This is true. They, they understand humor. I'm more on the Phineas and Ferb side, but we could talk about that later. I, dude, I love Phineas and Ferb as it's well. Great show. But, yeah. But, yeah, so I was up there. I told, you know, whatever Gabriel Iglesias joke yeah. I was saying. How old were you? Like, I think this was, like, second grade. Okay. And you were watching Gabriel Iglesias. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. So it was somebody. Okay. But yeah, so so I was up there 
telling some jokes that weren't landing mm-hmm. or whatever. And my friend Daniel goes, Boo! Oh, get no. off the stage! Because of SpongeBob. The SpongeBob reference. Yeah. SpongeBob. And what was your reaction? And the teacher was like, Daniel. No. And I was like, ah. So that's why they call me Fluffy. <laughs> like, okay. Now, do you think they didn't get it because they were in second grade? Or were you just I don't, bombing? Or I, don't, I don't even remember, <laughs> to be honest. Like, all I remember was Daniel saying, boo, get off the stage. Fast forward to my high school talent show for senior year. I did stand-up in the talent show. Mm-hmm. And I auditioned. I had no material. I what I did was this is this is almost embarrassing I went up I like slid in on my knees and I would like started singing uh don't stop believing and then <laughs> like really bad and then like ha- like a little bit through I stood up and I was like actually I'm gonna do stand up so and they were like, yeah, you're in. Okay. Okay, okay. <laughs> Nobody was, like, auditioning, really. Oh, God. <laughs> they pretty much let anyone in. I played the but... trumpet for my talent show. Yo, how did that go? I don't know. I think there was a microphone right at the trumpet, mm-hmm. so we could already imagine that. Uh-oh. Yeah, and I was in fourth grade. <laughs> so, uh, there's, all, there's always some person in the in the talent show that plays some brass instrument. Yeah. And I was, I was the guy, and I there played it, it two years in a row. And I played uh, the first time I felt. What song did I play? Is that that song from the Titanic? Were they sinking? Not when they're sinking. Was that a metaphor for? <laughs> I mean, it could have been. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and, this, and then the fifth fifth grade, I played the Star Trek theme, which was really fun. That's sick. It was sick, but yeah, and then second grade, I I recited poetry. That's that's dope though. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of, of it was kind of weird because like I rehearsed it and there was some part where like there were air kisses and I'm like, mom, I don't want to do the air kisses. And she's like, you'll do the air kisses. And I did it and like people were like, what the hell? And it oh. was in front of parents and yikes. Yeah, elementary school wasn't wasn't the best. And now you're telling people about it yeah. and now everyone knows. Now everyone. I mean, this is my way of just getting it out there. You know, like this is what happened. I okay, admit, true, I, true. You know what I'm saying? Like, I admit this is... No, I know what you mean. Yeah. You gotta tell somebody, and, yeah. and, and then it won't keep you up it won't keep, yeah, at that, night as yeah. much. I actually haven't thought about it until now, oh. you brought up the talent Well, there you show, go. So this is your fault. You're welcome. Oh, thank you. But, okay. yeah, so actually a couple of my friends were in the talent show also. They, they've, like, got a band with, like, a drum set and That's everything. Lit. Yeah. And they performed Ice Ice Baby. <laughs> That was, it was it was really good. Not I gotta admit, um, they had like two front men. One of them mm-hmm. was actually rapping. The other one was just like the hype man. It was yeah. It was funny. Yeah, but sounds like a good time. It was. It yeah. was. And I went up there, dude. Every time, like I've done this, I've been like so incredibly nervous. I'd be like, what if I just didn't go? What if I just like. <laughs> I could just not go, yeah, right? Like I, felt I could just the same stop. Way. Yep. Um, but yeah, they they loved it. Like, and I'm watching. I watched it back, and I'm like, this is not very good. Mm. Oh, you have the tape. I I I had a YouTube video of it. Okay. Um, 
but I didn't post it, and now I don't. I think the original poster like it's, took it down. Okay. I think I have like a video of it on. My okay, phone, that's though. good. You have records. Yeah. Um, so it was it was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I vividly I know in my in a video that I have because my friend recorded it and sent it to me. I would listen because I know the jokes weren't as good as like I could do. Yeah. Especially now. Mm-hmm. But well, you were pretty young. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But on the video, my friend, he was just so enthusiastic and like, yes! <laughs> and I, it was just like, it gave me chills yeah. anytime, like I watched the video back. He was your hype man. Yeah, you still talk was... to him. Yeah, I do. I do. I still talk to Ryan, my friend. Okay, I like your shirt, by the way. Thank you. Says, hey, that's pretty good. But that's that was when you, I guess, so you were a stand-up comedian since you were eight. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Who are but your uh, main inspirations? To To be honest, I feel like I don't watch as much stand-up. Then what got into you? Anymore. Okay, okay. Um, I remember in, like, middle school, I would get Pandora Radio, (laughs) and I would listen to, like, Nick Swardson, and, like, just pretty much anyone who came on. Um, And I think, like, one thing about me, my style as a comedian, is I don't, like, take a lot, uh, like, I don't, I'm not inspired by one particular person i don't think my my style is like very all around Mm. and i think it's like with what i'm doing how i'm gonna use the youtube medium um when i finally eventually release my special yeah uh it's gonna have like you know how like a, a critical element of like a joke sometimes is like acting it out and mm, like mm-hmm. you tell a joke about your grandparents yeah. and then you act like you're old or mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm. And but I I think that could be done better by having a whole scene dedicated to yeah. it. Make it a joke itself, you know. Make mm. give this whole give like a little arc to that joke yeah. and, and it interrupts the pacing in mm. a in a good way. And allows you to transition to something yeah. else. I think that's going to be a fantastic tool. No, but that that sounds exciting. That sounds yeah. fresh, and it sounds new. I think that's where I'm going. Yeah, I think that's it's going to be really good. And and that'd be exciting, like to mm-hmm. watch, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I I just I love the scenes that come out of it because often what I've been doing lately. I, I made like a little, I made it because I auditioned for the talent show at UT. Mm-hmm. I was in it the, my freshman year. Did I see those? I think I may, may have seen. You saw the. You, you sent me a link. Maybe. It okay. was, it was, it was, I think why I didn't get in because I have, the one section that's done, done mm-hmm. is the section about pooping and it's this like five minute area where I talk about like poop adjacent topics. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> poop adjacent. Yeah, because pooping is funny. <laughs> but you, you think poop jokes are still in? I think if you do them well. Okay. 
Okay. So so you want me to you want me to hit you with some hit me. some yeah. type five? Let's go real quick. So this is how the 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 video mm-hmm. went. Where I go. I'm not a fast mover. I think people in these days are always in such a hurry. They're always practically running everywhere. I prefer to move at my own pace. Slowly. Quietly. They don't start running if they don't notice me. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I move slowly. I think people compare me to a sloth often. And I don't think that's exactly fair. I think it's kind of fair, but we're not the same. Okay? But for example, one of us is hairy and it's cute. And one of us is hairy and self-conscious to take his shirt off. One of us is pressured to reproduce by a declining species population. And one of us is pressured to reproduce by their mother, always passive-aggressively mentioning how much they want grandchildren. <laughs> one of us is a prime example of convergent evolution, appearing in both two- and three-toed variants. And one of us did far too much sloth research and couldn't find a good spot for it in the joke. Now... <laughs> Um, you know, sloths spend most of their lives in trees. They only get down to poop. They only get down to poop. That is the one time that they are vulnerable. The one time they can be predated upon. <laughs> like, if you ask, that's one of the worst ways to go, is while you're pooping. Like, you don't get the satisfaction of finishing. You just you get the hardship of the initialization of the process. Now, I think birds, why, okay, why do sloths get down from the tree at all to poop? One word, manners. I think birds could learn a thing or two from sloths on defecation habits. But we can only blame ourselves, we baby birds. We have bird houses, bird baths. Where is the bird toilet? I'll tell you where it's not. Handrails on my car, a little bit on my head and a little in my mouth. I'm I'm just saying. I think birds could learn a thing or two from sloths. And you got cut cuz of that. <laughs> there was more. It goes it goes on <laughs> about pooping. There's more poop. But I think I think I think within a forty minute yeah context I think you can like the poop is diluted a little bit. One thing I realized your your comedy is sometimes quite literal and literary. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I like to play with the English language a lot, yeah. but that's not to say that I don't have like good stories. To yeah, for sure. Um. That's that's why I say like I don't take mm-hmm. a lot of comedians. That's what they do. They do one thing, and it's like I saw a thing um, where you could water your hard to reach plants. Who's getting hard to reach plants? Like where are you? <laughs> where are you putting those? <laughs> Stuff like like Very true. and it's just like. 10,000 one-liners yeah. all cut together mm-hmm. and they're good. It's funny it's funny stuff. Where where was that laughter when I was telling my jokes? Han you? Okay. Okay. But but yeah. I I like one-liners pop yeah. pop pop 
and then I'll hit you with the story, and then I'll hit you with, you know, a, a scene, like a, you know, like a whole ass... Yeah, and, that, and that's what you're trying to do with your special, Exactly. Right? Yeah. That's exactly it. That's great. So, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm loving it. I think, like, it, the hardest part isn't writing. It's writing every day. And that's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. You got to, like, with anything that you want to work hard at, you yeah. got to do it every day. Every day. That's true. And that's why I have that calendar that I mark off the days. Mm-hmm. If I miss two days in a row, I have failed. Mm-hmm. So. And that's what happens, I think, sometimes whenever you miss two days in a row, all of a sudden you get used to then taking a break and mm-hmm. it gets longer and exactly. longer. And you don't get back to it. Mm-mm. Yeah. You got to get back on the horse. Mm-hmm. That is that is true, mm-hmm. yeah. So, that's what that's what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. I've like you said you hopped back on it this summer, right? Yeah, okay. I've been I, about like two, three, four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I was I've I've hopped on the okay. train, and I'm one of the biggest things was like I read through the whole like that took a lot to like mm-hmm. read the whole thing, but I think. Like I'm pretty happy with the spot where I'm at yeah, yeah. right now. So I'm I'm ex- I'm very excited mm-hmm. about it. I I I keep giving like dates. Like it's gonna it'll probably be done by mm-hmm. you know six months from now. Six months go by, and I'm like, well, that was a. Because I remember lie. you you hitting me up about it in January or something or February. Mm-hmm. I've hit a lot of people up about. It. I get excited. Yeah. I get excited. Yeah. I'm like I'm I'm all, I finished one joke. I'm I'm almost there. Yeah. And then, <laughs> then I look at my 80-page document and yeah. the next day after I've texted 20 people <laughs> soon soon. I mean the last time I talked to you you were like I don't know man, it's going to take some time. It's 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 going to be some time. But it will. Yeah. It will. And I think I may be like sixty percent written, forty mm. percent done with the project. Okay, okay. Oh, forty percent in. Sixty percent is written. Okay, and then forty percent because you gotta I got film. It. I you got gotta. It. I got it. Yeah. Makes yeah. Sense. I gotta like test it out on like many many people. Yeah. One, that's one thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna get like, cause I have a, I feel like I can gauge people's humors, mm-hmm. their sense of humor pretty well, so I want to try. I'm gonna have like. One one person who's like, yeah, they'll pretty much get the jokes, and then I'm gonna have one person who's like really hard on it, and then I'm gonna have one person who's like, like and I'm gonna show it to to everybody to all those people separately and i'm gonna like gauge their reactions to it Mm -hmm. and see what can be improved what and i think but at what point do you are do you have to say to yourself like you know what i like this i'm gonna stick with it's 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 a tough balance there actually it's it's really like a lot of gauging reactions Mm. so if i get like one person doesn't like it, and then I get, like, four people who do. I'm like, yeah, I think mm. that's a, that's good. And if Also, I get, knowing like, the type of personality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can do it exactly. Yeah. That's why it's, like, I don't know. I think, I think open mic nights and that kind of thing are a good tool. Mm. I think they're super cool. 
However, I haven't been to one in a while, in quite a while. Yeah. And I think because, like, for one thing, I can't go right now and, like, test out. I could test out, like, a scene, I mm-hmm. guess, by, like, acting it out. But it's not going to be the same. Yeah. Um, and it's also, like, yeah, you could get laughs. But the couple times that I've been to open mic nights, mm-hmm. it has been, like, 70% comedians. Thirty yeah. percent, like maybe people who wanted coffee, you know, like, and then by the end, of, by if you're like twenty, who's a tougher crowd, the, the coffee or the comedians? Coffee, probably. Really? Well, I, it it depends. It, okay. I think comedians they know they're like, we're all just trying to have a good time. Let's yeah. all just laugh. Yeah, there's that camaraderie there. Yeah. Um, but I think people like. The real audience is, like, people who aren't comedians, you know? And I think, like, by the time... If you're, like, 20th on the sheet, on the sign-up sheet for the open mic, the 19 comedians that were here and their friends, they've left already. They've gone. They Mm -hmm. wanted to try out their material and dip. Dip and have a good time. And go to a different open mic or whatever. Like... Mm-hmm. Like that, like it's not it's not as helpful as I think. Like a lot of which is interesting. What you need, yeah, which is interesting because I think that I thought that would be the best place to get reaction for your material. I thought so too, uh-huh. and that's what I people are keep telling me. Like, hey, why aren't you going to open mic nights? I haven't seen you go to any open mic nights. Like, mm-hmm. how how do I know you're serious about this? And I'm like, I'm serious about this because I am working on it every like i have to be at a place where i'm i love what i'm writing yeah and i have to be and i i think bj novak i i think i talked about him the last time i was on your podcast but i read his book it was a book of short stories yeah inside he said when you're writing I think the best writing comes from writing for the kids sitting next to you in class, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Trying to make them laugh because you're, you don't know anybody else, you know, this, this kid next to you is all, you know, mm-hmm. and if you can make them laugh, like sometimes, you know, obviously sometimes that's like, oh, there's an inside joke that only us knows. <laughs> so it's not Probably like another exactly. Joke. Yeah. 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 Uh, but like if you're writing for the kids sitting next to you in class, you're writing for yourself. You're writing for the, the fun that comes out of it. And I think that isn't what you get from an open mic night. That hasn't been my experience at mm-hmm. least. Yeah, it's it's so has, it, has it been like a meh experience for you, or has it still been? There been moments where it was a little at, fulfilling. At open mic nights, it's like easy to get like lost in in the sauce for me, where it's like three people left. Okay, good. Okay, you know, like whatever. But that joke is fine, and then you move on, and then but like for what I'm doing in the stand up special that I'm 
am recording and putting on YouTube, I don't need to be in front of people. I'm going to be doing it on my own. And... Yeah. Like, I don't get the cues that I need from the audience when I'm right. on my own. So I think it's just better not to So in to that go, case, would you say it's a little bit more authentic? It, which is more authentic? The part where you're filming for YouTube or doing the comedy for YouTube. Because you're not riding off the wave of the audience. You're just mm-hmm. doing your thing. I think... I think they're both authentic in a way, mm-hmm. right? There's authentic interaction between the comedian and the audience mm-hmm. when when it's live. And I think there's authentic self right. when you're on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least there can be. And I think an excellent balance is, is what I'm doing, is what I'm going to do. Um, is I have the recording of my special that's finished. It's done. And then I show it to people and record their reactions and put those into the final cut, like a yeah. react video. Yeah, yeah. Or like a, you know, I have a live audience uh-huh. in that way. Yeah. Where you get the reaction, because the reaction is what you need mm-hmm. in that, like, if I if if I wasn't gonna laugh at a joke, maybe I'll laugh because somebody else is, mm-hmm. right? So I think that that's important, uh, and I think the problem with like YouTube videos is the editing. The editing of YouTube videos is absurd at times. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, yeah. Slow fade out, zoom back in. Slow, and it's like because you cut out their breath. Yeah, because they had to breathe, Mm -hmm. and you had to do a jump cut to keep people's attention. Yeah, it's. I know you're talking. I know what you're talking about. It's absurd. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like I I can't like if somebody's doing that in a YouTube video, I just like I. If I need to watch it, I'm like, okay, I'll like continue. Like all the sensory overload. But now I'm like uh-huh. a little like unenthused about it and a little like taken out now, of it. Is this in particular to YouTube videos in general? I think this this is the trend in YouTube okay. where like this is how editing, if you want to be good at YouTube, you need to cut out your breaths. You need to have jump cuts every, at least every 10 seconds. Yeah. Like I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I hate that because I when I, when I started up on the vlogs again, uh, three years ago, I had done one year I did them, and then wanted to get back on it, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I was trying to find my style. And if you look at vlogs even now, especially coming after 2016, which I call the Neistat wave, the Casey Neistat mm-hmm. wave, they are a copy of Casey Neistat. To some degree. I bet. Yeah, and yeah. Casey Neistat is someone who's honed his craft. He's amazing at what he's what he does. Absolutely. But at the same time, it can be a little bit much with his edits. It's just a one second he's here and then he switches and he's into another location and he he's, yeah. it's and for me it was okay, how do I find how do I basically breathe my character into these vlogs? And if you look at the first 3 or 4 vlogs of that series, 
it's just me using EDM and trying to mimic the style and then realizing later on and think that that's not what I want to do and then transferring it to what it is now. And I think that's that's excellent. That's mm-hmm. ex- growth is what we strive for yeah. in that in creation and a lot of people are content with content that goes jump cut jump cut jump cut this is Casey Neistat this is what he does I'm going to do exactly what he does and that's how you get popular yeah I'm going to do exactly what this other person does because they're popular so I have to be I'm going to be popular doing the same thing and it's it's not okay to do that because it's I think personally also there's no distinct character there Mm -mm. Mm -mm. And, and and that's the issue is the first thing that I jumped to was okay what do I like doing in my vlogs? I like having fun, have fun, just film what's going on. And then what helped me with the style was I, I like EDM, but I don't love it that much to put it in my videos. I'm more on the side of jazz and funk. Oh, yeah. And that that is what transferred or transformed into, again, what it is now. So I 100% agree that there is sometimes this need, and I've seen this with up-and-coming filmmakers too, where they're trying to be Quentin Tarantino, Christopher Nolan mm-hmm. copies. And they're trying to find the, their style. You don't find your style until you begin. Mm-mm. Yeah. And I think that's very important. And I'm really intrigued by what you're doing because you had explained it to me earlier. Uh, and I think it's definitely a. I just never have seen it before. It's a departure from yeah. this typical. The typical the standard. Stand-up. Yeah. 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 And I think that is going to be groundbreaking. It's gonna be and I think you're in in ten years. I think you're gonna see. It. You're gonna look at Alex Gonzalez yeah. and be like, "He started it all." Is that yeah, I, th- I think so. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a really excellent idea. Yeah. Do you think that level of confidence is important for any creative? I think if if I don't believe in me, who is? Mm-hmm. Who's gonna? Yeah. Right. And I'm not going to say, like, I'm always, like, completely confident that this is going to be, like, I'm, I'm just not confident all the time. And I think, like, it's important to have that balance of, like, confidence and humility. So it's, like, it's good to be confident, but I don't think it's to an extent, you know? Right, right. And... I've definitely juggled with that before too. It's just finding yeah. the balance because it's the part where it comes from. For for me at least, and I think a lot of creatives do this is that if it's new, if it scares you, if it's slightly impossible or impossible, or people think it's impossible, then I have to show you that it's it is not. possible, yeah. and I can do it, and then we can all do it. Yeah, and I think it's just that necessity to create something that hasn't been done before and that's that's original mm-hmm. and that's unique and I think that's genuinely impressive to see like someone having a new take on the way comedy can be told through more of a, I think, a storytelling medium. I mean, it's always been through a storytelling medium but now more through a visual medium. And I think part of like what... St- like this stemmed from is like I saw so much 
potential in all of these. But, like, there are things that are just barbaric. They're just outdated things that people mm-hmm. take for at face value, you know? Like, why do we need to have a live audience? Yeah. It, what is, I mean, there is, what a, is there good is a, about a live audience? Right. What is bad? And, uh-huh. like, you can... If you can take the good, the reaction, the feeling of togetherness that comes from having people watch something together without, you know, like, heckling is, like, it's just an opportunity to to be cool. (laughs) But without, like, the confinements that come from having people watch it in person where you can't you're not gonna you're not gonna interrupt your show to like okay here's a video that i was referencing yeah here's this gif I mean, that i'm gonna pop onto the screen a lot of comedians do that do they really well yeah they they've they've referenced videos uh they've they have pictures in the background i think one of the most immersive stand-ups i've watched was from Hasan minaj Mm-hmm. Where it was right, yeah. I've, uh, people have told me to check it out. Homecoming King, yeah. So it's it's not the same, but it's similar. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it, it's but it's different showing that in person mm-hmm. than you know where it's integrated fully, and I think that that's just it's important for the the flow of stuff. Yeah. Um. So I think that's that's one place where that's going. And I think, like, YouTube as a platform, I don't even get me, like, started. It's, <laughs> like, most of the stuff on YouTube, I feel like most of the popular stuff, at least, is, like, jump cut, jump cut, jump cut type vlog and I, type I, prank, I don't whatever. think TikTok has helped that either. I, no, no, no. I think that YouTube, this trend of jump cut, jump cut, jump cut. Came from YouTube? Type, came from YouTube and that's what it turned over, into it turned right. into but TikTok. I'm, I'm more so talking about the the attention span no exactly no yeah the effects I think that that what we're both from YouTube. Talking okay about. Yeah. yeah yeah it's this this trend toward content that needs you to be attentive a hundred percent yeah yeah that and like really really tries to keep you there for you know five minutes to 30 seconds mm-hmm. you know it's it's like 30 seconds overstimulating 30 seconds is even a stretch now yeah right yeah. dude yeah. it's like oh this this video is a minute long i don't want to watch this because mm-hmm. the standard on tiktok at least is five to ten seconds anything more than that you're just stro- scrolling again and the, like i was talking to my roommate about it he was like okay so what are you saying? You only watch content that's over 30 seconds long? And I'm like, I'm, I'm not saying, like, there isn't quality content among this platform, among the 10-second the video. I think you can, you can do a lot with that. But I think this trend of, like, lowering your attention span and doing these very very small like oh i'm going to scroll on this and watch 10 second videos Mm -hmm. for three hours 
I remember, like it was. That's I was, insane. I was talking to. Yeah. I was talking with my roommate, and his friend came over, and he was like, "Yeah, dude, I was, I had the best day yesterday. I was like so done with that. I was done with everything, and I just celebrated. I was just on my bed on TikTok for eight hours straight, and I was like, that's dystopian. Like it's, <laughs> it's too. It's. I've heard similar stories. I, it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. It's absurd that, like, people are just doom scrolling. That is true. And it's it's a problem. I th- this is the. I, I was talking about this with some of my colleagues that, at my internship, mm-hmm. and similar problem. They were on TikTok for about three hours, four hours, and admitting that it's gotten jokingly that it's gotten to a level of addiction, but it is. It is insane that again, we are prioritizing these bursts, but we're wa- on the platform watching the content for this long. Mm-hmm. Who watches a movie that's an hour when you can watch one hour's worth of TikTok? Yeah, because it's low committal. It's like high mm-hmm. attention. High dopamine, dopamine for every like ten seconds. It's a dopamine hits. Yeah, it's 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 addict. And I, what I'm calling it is a trend toward mindlessness. Is that people are lowering their attention spans? They're, you know, just getting these dopamine hits from these ten second videos and doom scrolling. Until through their free time. Well, Vine had a similar effect, but once it, once it, you know, was gone. Mm-hmm. What I didn't expect were people to come back to YouTube, because you have these bursts, and now with YouTube, people are willing to sit down and watch. Still the same issue where they'd watch five minute, six minute vlogs. Mm-hmm. But there was still back to the platform that kind of enabled or started uh, this mass consumption of video. Yeah. Do you think there will be a point where, say, TikTok were to go the same path that Vine did? We'd, and that it gets, it gets axed. It gets axed. People come back to YouTube and say, you know what? I'm ready for five-minute, six-minute videos, or is it no. now we're in a trend of just no. quick scrolling, we want quick videos? There's a stories tab on everything. Yeah. Snapchat stories where you can see, like, 10-second videos mm-hmm. of everyone, of, like, and I don't, I don't think that's bad for, like, a Snapchat story, or even the way Instagram, I guess, implemented it, whatever. Now everything has to have a story, and then that's that's the urge for quick content is being fulfilled on every single platform. That's why I was surprised that people sat through our film because it was a twenty-five minute piece yeah. on a platform that is slowly diminishing in terms of viewership. And I'm not say- I'm not saying it's hopeless, right? Right? Or else why would I be? Making this forty to fifty minute stand up, yeah, stand up special. Why, why make a movie if that's what everything will be? 
this 10 second content but it's it's not hopeless people do crave that and i think you know you just got to make something good enough that people are willing to to take 44 minutes of their time and watch of their time and take it from these 10 second videos that they were gonna watch and watch that instead make it enjoyable and i i feel the exact way and coming back to youtube i took a year's break Mm -hmm. um but coming back to it it's again for me it's always been i don't want to follow a trend i've played the algorithm game i've gotten the subs from it this was five years ago and it just wasn't fulfilling it's quick it's bursts and you were you were getting the subs but it wasn't worth it so Mm -hmm. if i'm stuck at 144 subscribers for a year but i'm pumping out content that i like or that i think is worth something i think that's then that's what i'm gonna do yeah and i i completely agree that's why i like my thumbnails are all like either like a joke or Mm. like something significant it's nothing like Oh, here's a face with a crying face emoji. <laughs> oh, funniest video ever, like that you see everywhere. And I like I think people will eventually appreciate that kind of content. It, it's a way of expressing yourself creatively and yeah. not having to be part of the status quo. Mm-mm. Because even the thumbnail game, I try and not play the thumbnail game or the title. I. I I need that platform to be an archive of my creative work and mm-hmm. not so not something that's consistently just grabbing people's attention for the sake of doing it and the content is just subpar. And once again, like to hit on it, there's not no merit mm-hmm. in it in that kind of content creation and that's that true. kind yeah. of thing in general. It's it's just not what I want to do and I don't exactly. it's not creatively fulfilling for me and I think people will appreciate something different. You know, if you're if everyone is doing the same thing, n- nobody's innovating. And that's what gets me a little frustrated about the the TikTok trends. Cuz yeah. there are things on TikTok that I find are funny. Um mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. my friends got me into TikTok and in the beginning, it was just trends, and I was annoyed. But then you get part you. What I said you was you unlock the, the funny. Yeah, you yeah. Are, yeah. And again, that, that's that's funny. But it's then you. It's a little annoying when a lot of the stuff that's on your feed are those trends, are those dances that I mean, thousands of people have already done. And at that point, it's just how is that creatively satisfying? But at the same time, that's not to say that or look down on other, other people for doing mm-hmm. that. It's, again, just something that you and I can't do. It's like it's like in Minecraft, like people will be like, oh, let me let me find a house diagram that somebody already built online instead of making my own house. Mm-hmm. And it's there's not no merit in that. I'm just saying, like, it's you, already could, been done. you could do something new. You can break things yourself. You can create things yourself. Why are you just doing something that someone else has done? 
because I'm no good. Because, you know, I, I just don't have the time. I don't have the the enthusiasm. I don't feel like it, right? Well, feel like it, damn it. If you want it, feel like it. I mean, people do get satisfaction out of just doing simple yeah. trends or doing something that's already been done just for the sake of, sh- I think, proving to themselves that they can do it. And there's, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Not everyone has the intent of wanting to be the best filmmaker mm-hmm. they can be or the best comedian yeah. they can be. And I, and I, and I, I get that also. Yeah. yeah. It, it, but, but there's a certain point where it's like, to be good at something, what do you, what do you want out of this If you activity? want to be good at it. What do you want out mm-hmm. of building your Minecraft house? Do you just want something cool to look at? Or do you want to eventually be good at building? Do you want to be good at writing? You're not going to get that from, okay, I'm going to write exactly how Ruby this Carr is. does, yeah. That's, some other that's fine to yeah. start. But if that's all you ever do, that is just, I would say it's unfulfilling to me if you want to get better. And that's not how you get better. So would you say the answer there, or not, maybe not the answer, but the, the direction there is to innovate within the industry that you're pursuing? Mm-hmm. Because it seems like that's yeah, what, you're, sure. what you're doing. But some people do try that, and they sometimes do fall flat on their face. It happens. But say again... But you gotta get... You gotta wipe yeah. the the gravel off your face, and you know, get some bandages on your face, like a mummy, <laughs> and some mummifiers. Exactly, and then Go you gotta it. get back on the pyramid. You know, on the pyramid or in the pyramid. It depends. Are you dead or? I mean, if you're a mummy, you're you're dead. But you ha- you haven't dead if you just fall- fell on your face. I don't know if that. So just... Well, yeah, unless you fell into like some sort of. Spike contraption. Yeah. Yeah, it depends. It depends. Depends where you want to be on the pyramid. To wrap things up, one of the most fulfilling things I've worked on creatively, and I posted about this on every platform, was the film that I did with you. Mm -hmm. And that was something that started a year and a half ago, which is insane because it was genuinely a different time in August 2019. What was fulfilling about the experience for you? Was it that people watched it? Was it that Mm -hmm. people liked it? Was it that you created something? All the above. Yeah? Because I've, I've made films. Yeah. Or student films. I still don't classify in the same genre, like same area as what Mm -hmm. we made uh but i've made things that have fallen flat on its face multiple times and that's what you gotta do you gotta do that you have to do that to get to i think where we eventually got um what was satisfying was the fact that i worked on a film with people that i enjoyed working with and we were all having fun and we were contributing and Mm -hmm. that was an incredibly satisfying feeling because usually when it comes to these films it's just me pulling the entire weight and people just try and just people just there to get out of there. Yeah. And that's how it be for people. And you, you, mm-hmm. you don't get something great out of that. Exactly. And another part of it that was fulfilling was that this film was, I think the best representation of 
what I can make because the past two films that I've made, I made Chrissy, which was the uh, psychological thriller, okay. and then there was the Almighty's painting, and those were bo- both relatively serious films. Mm-hmm. With the Almighty's painting, I will go so far to say that it was a little melodramatic at points. Sure, and that's not a bad. Thing. And I, and I just watch it, and although again, Chrissy, I believe is one of still one of the best products that I've put out there um, as a film. It felt weird that me being me was pumping out something that was consistently just dark. Which is, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I wanted to make a film where we could just have fun, let loose, and still mean something. Comedy doesn't mean that it has to be meaningless. Mm-mm. And I think that's one of the... Uh, biggest problem sometimes in Hollywood is that if it's, or whenever we consume cinema, is that if it's comedy, it, it, we can just let loose and not think. And you, you, you see that in, in movies where it'll be like a rom-com or whatever, and then the third act, it just falls flat because it's, it wasn't written to be funny there. It was yeah. written to be like, oh, we got to tie up the storyline. Right. And, and with this, it was, I was using comedy as... A mechanism to tell my story a story that I felt in the end mm-hmm. meant something so what was satisfying about it was the first and foremost working with you guys and the, we had some we had a good cast we had a good cast we had people who were really dedicated who were having fun mm-hmm. who were contributing we would run three sometimes four hour shoots in the garage yeah and <laughs> everybody was committed and everybody was again contributing and that was fulfilling as yeah. much as it was as much as it was my movie, and I said this at the premiere too, mm-hmm. is this is as much as on you guys as it is on me. And that was the part that was, I mean, really meant something. And then you have, again, the reaction that we have from people who weren't even part of the process. Mm-hmm. We're giving an honest reaction to it. And I'm just, I'm going to remember that. I don't mean to be melodramatic, but I'm going to remember it for the rest of my life because that was oh, just yeah. an incredibly, again, fulfilling moment um and then the release and <laughs> running into people on sixth street that you don't even know saying that they watched your Dude, film that's sick. in full that's pretty crazy and then your friends uh talking about how he would give it you know a nine a, a or nine point five yeah and, um people it was who good are, go watch it if you haven't yes. superheroes anonymous and of course, it's kind of hard to find on YouTube if you type in "superheroes anonymous." I'll link like, it. I'll, I'll put it in the description of the YouTube. There are a bunch video. of like albums or something. Did you look it up on? Yeah. <laughs> it was. It wasn't on the first page. If, was it really? No, I'm asking you. Was it? No, it no, was. It, wasn't. Well, it, was it was, but it was low. It was lower than okay. I would expect it to be. At least there were like six or seven things on top of it. Okay. I was like, damn. Yeah, but overall, yeah, go check it out. And that was another thing is. If I make a safe film, I'm still not going to be satisfied. There, and and there, our parents, being them, were uh, a little confused by it. Yeah. But and, and my mom got it. That the point of the film was that it's meandering mm-hmm. because you are the you are a fly on the wall of an experience that yeah. is about people um, doing a superhero act without it being there's nothing extraordinarily super. Yeah. Some people would say, oh, like, nothing happened. Mm-hmm. What happened? They got a dude home? But that's that the was, point. Exactly. That was the point of the film. Right? Exactly. 
Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I personally, I mean, really have to thank you also for like what you brought to it too. Thank you. Adrit said this also that a quarter of the film couldn't have been done. I mean, you, if you were, you were. That's true. I had a bunch you, of lines. He had a bunch of lines. So <laughs> practically speaking, he, he had, yes. <laughs> yeah, but also it was elevated to another level because you were in it. And, hey, but and also the fact that you guys, there. the fact that you guys stuck by it when we had like what a eight month gap, not even Dude, almost we a, year, a year gap. Dude, it was we a were year super gap. Excited to continue. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, that came down it to the was... casting, also making sure you're you're with the right people. My first yeah. intent walking into this was working with friends. Yeah, it's I, a good thing too. Yeah. So, so to answer your question, it was, it was just a summation of all these things. Awesome, that's super cool. Um. I hope to be fulfilled by my project in kind of the same way. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. What's What's next for the Alex Gonzalez? After what? Or what what's what the next? Like, what's the next move at this moment? We shut down this laptop. Are you Are you going back and working on your material? I'm going back. I've still got Vila, um, my girlfriend's dog. She actually came to pick it up. Um, so we're gonna make some dinner, chill out for a bit. Um, but she has to. Oh, and then I have to go dog sit, dude. Dog I've been sitting. dog sitting. I've been, or well, I've been do. I've been doing a drop in on these two dogs, Ty and Eli. Ty is like a like a medium large dog, like a border collie, dude. And Eli is a Great Dane. <laughs> He's huge. His tail is in the most unfortunate height, in that it is exactly crotch level for me. Yesterday, and, and, and it is a weapon of mass no, destruction. No. <laughs> so yesterday, I came in, and you know they're excited to see me. They're wagging. He's wagging his tail, <laughs> right on, right on the nut, right on my right nut, dude. And I, I am not joking. I was on the ground. <laughs> The next time I went to, because I have to do two a day, so then at on the night visit, I was like, my hand was like on my on my area, like I I was about to have a good time, but <laughs> but not actually. Uh, yeah, so I was running protection with my hand, and you know that went fine. Then today I I went, and Eli's very protective. He's he's possessive, some would say. If if you start hanging out with Ty, he'll start going and like get all close. And uh, uh, Ty, so I never get that much time with Ty. So Ty jumps on my like front. He jumps on my chest area, and like I'm like okay, I never get to play with Ty. I'll take my hand off of my area and use both hands to hold him up and you know kind of play with them mm-hmm. as i take my hand off eli comes around <laughs> left nut left nut this time ty was running distraction they had planned that like beforehand dude or something I was on the ground again. I was, but I was like laughing about it because it like hurt. But I was like, he really just dis- like ran distraction for that play. Like he knew what he was doing. 
So after this, I'm gonna go buy a cup and then do my final <laughs> visit. Uh, so, with those guys. To and dog then, sitting, buying a cup, and then working on... Working and then on I'm going to get to work. Get to work. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it, Alex. And congratulations on graduating, by the way. Thank you. I, I don't know if I said surreal. that. But yeah. you're, you're a Texas ex. Well, but, thanks for doing this. Yeah. I, I hope to have you back sometime. Um, it'll it'll be it'll be a it'll be a fun. Thanks time. for having me. Yeah, for sure. I've, I for sure. definitely had fun. This is a lot of stuff that I'm passionate about talking about. So. Yeah, and then, and good luck, good luck on your stand up. Thank you. You will know. You will know. Hopefully. Maybe I won't even tell you, but you'll know. I will know. You'll, it'll be in. It'll be all the rage. It'll be <laughs> the buzz. It'll be the buzz. You'll hear I'll the be buzz. running into people on Sex Street and they'll be like, "Did you you'll check out? Did you buzz. see Alex's?" Stand up. Might, he, might, he might be back here to promote that. So who knows? Who knows? That that's who knows that, when that will that's be. That's the title either. of this podcast. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows?